92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. Speak and say play 92.9 ESPN. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble and dust. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, Thursday. Today on the radio show, we got Dan Devine in the next segment. Norman Devine. Talk to him about the NBA and the local NBA franchise and any possible drama that's been uh, then that's been touching the uh, local NBA franchise. After Dan Devine hops on with us, we'll talk to Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock. As we do, uh, Chris Harrington has written in the Daily Memphian today, about cathead biscuits. I just love that image. Cathead biscuits. How, how, how old do you think that image is, Jeffrey? How long have people been talking about biscuits? And the idea is it's as big as a cat's head, right? Isn't that, isn't that where the image comes from? I, I, sus, I suspect uh, Chris would the, obviously be the authority on that. The 19, in the early 1900s. I just know that the image that was in the biscuits. Daily Memphian made me hungry. Oh, the picture. Yes, literally the image. It, it, it was, it was, I 100% yes. agree. Like that piece of chicken in yes. there was a sort oh of my God. lustrous. Mm. That looks like it was fried perfectly. <laughs> it looked like a, well, he also, he also went and did, I think a, he did a, a piece on some Filipino, I believe it is, fried chicken. Uh, I'm not sure I know how to pronounce the place. Kukuruko. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Uko? Yeah, you nailed Uku? it. Uku? Mm-hmm. Uku? Chicken out in Lakeland. Also good looking chicken. Yes. He raised the he asked the question in the in the piece about the kukuruku chicken, whether there is a more perfect food than fried chicken. Fried chicken. And if there is, is it the chocolate chip cookie? And because you can get the chocolate chip cookie at the kukuruku chicken. So and so the question is, is are those a like one stop shop? Perfect. Is that just, yeah, and he didn't rave about, the, he did not rave about the cookie. And he said the chicken was very good, but it, I didn't get the sense that he thought it was better than Gus's. But it, it, that's okay. We get a multiple. It, it was very good. Very sure. good. Um, um, you think those are uh, God's most perfect foods? Fry, fried chicken is pretty close I mean, to God's most perfect I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love fried chicken. I've been an enthusiast for my entire life. Uh-huh. I still think... A really good cut of beef. I mean, when you get a, a prime steak that's perfectly prepared, that's that's heaven on earth. You think a steak is God's yeah, most perfect. Yeah, but steak. I understand that not everyone feels that way. I do, though. <sighs> um, and I don't want to besmirch the good name of fried chicken. No, it feels like fried chicken is more... A, a steak is just like... Fried chicken feels like art. Correct. Right? It, you start with the chicken, just like... But it feels like there's more goes into transforming... A chicken into f- perfectly fried chicken then goes into f- transforming a steak. Like you just have to cook the steak, whereas that, that that the frying of the chicken feels to me like art. Not that you can't, not that people can't cook a steak, can't be better at it or not or worse at it. Like there are there are better prepared steaks and, and lesser prepared steaks. To, to your point, but I think frying chicken is an art in a way that preparing a steak is not. To your point, I would feel perfectly comfortable. Inviting people over and serving them steak. Right. I'm very confident that I can do that well. If you're sitting there going, I have to fry chicken you, at have home, you, have like, you, I don't have know. Have you I, ever fried chicken? We've tried it 
We've tried it once. You need a deep fry. No, you don't. Like you don't, the no, classic fried chicken is in an iron, yeah, in the iron, cast iron skillet. Cast iron skillet, right? Yeah, I, I've always struggled with knowing whether or not the chicken is cooked in, like the actual chicken is cooked. And how do you like, get that perfectly crisp it's, without it's to your sticking point. to art. the pan? You know, the, the perfect no, it's art. crunchy crust that's, it just seems tricky to me. Whereas a steak, how do you cook your steaks, by the way? So Take I go me through the process. You have, I'm putting a steak in front of you, a, a rib, a beautiful ribeye steak. Now so what? I have a gas grill. Okay. And what I do is I get the gas grill very low, so okay. 250 roughly. I love 250 gas grill. And then I will. Have you done anything to the piece of meat? Uh, it depends. Have you salted either, it? Well, I've always, I've either, I've basically two ways of seasoning the steak: either putting it in Dale's. And then putting salt and pepper on afterwards or just salt and pepper. It kind of depends. If my wife's eating, she likes it with Dale's. So we do that. And then you, I, you, you put it in Dale's beforehand. Correct. And do you, do you marinate it for hours in Dale's? Mm, maybe an hour is it, or so. Is that considered heresy? Like putting something in it, Dale's isn't like using uh, no, steak sauce. Jennifer's judging would, me. She is. Okay, yes. good. Jennifer's judging I don't know me. Jennifer is, but the steak purists are for using Dale's. No, I'm pretty sure Jennifer's judging me. Okay. Um, or. If if it's just like by myself, usually I'll I'll do seasoned salt, this garlic salt, and then pepper on top, and I will put it on the top rack, so indirect heat. Really? Correct. And then usually I use a meat thermometer, but now I've kind of timed so, it up to where I that's know. That's it. Just indirect heat cooking for a long time it takes then. Well, and then I let it. So once it gets to the temperature that I want it at, I take it off and I let it rest for like five minutes or so. And then I crank the grill up as high as it'll to go sear the to sear it. Yeah. To sear at the end. Yes. So I cooked steak last night and uh, a piece of uh, ribeye from Costco. Oh, yeah. And I put uh, kosher three, salt, three, pepper. Three-pack or four-pack? And, and garlic. It was, well, I it, this was pretty, I brought a four-pack, but then I froze some. Oh, yeah. So these are, and it was, it was, uh, I put, I put uh, salt, kosher pepper, salt, kosher salt, pepper, ground pepper, and and garlic, but yeah. it was already pre-chopped. It came sure. in the, 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 the mince. The, yeah, the yeah. mince slathered that on it, and then, and then uh, in the in the cast iron skillet mm -hmm. on each side for a couple of minutes. Yep, finish in the oven, and then at four hundred in the oven, oh, yeah. 50, 400 in the oven. I forgot what it was for whatever, and it was good. It's delicious, absolutely fantastic. I don't know how we got on this topic. Oh, because Chris Harrington heard about fried chicken, mm -hmm. and food is delicious. And you don't want to talk about John anymore. And food is delicious, and. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of had it with all of this at this point until we get the news. But um, uh, and then it is Thursday, and so we will play writer then write trivia. Jeffrey, do we have a fantastic prize that we're playing? Of course for we today? do. Thanks to Cindy DeBartolabin. Two tickets to go see Dave Matthews Band wow. next week at Bank Plus Amphitheater. May twenty fourth is the show. May twenty fourth, Bank Plus Amphitheater. Theater. Two tickets to see the Dave Matthews Band. If you can either be writer than write or. Failing that, because I don't like your chances, play honorably. Kevin Sarita will join us for that. Dan Devine, Chris Harrington, writer then write trivia. Let's start by uh, playing a little Believe It or Not. Now it's time for Believe It. Believe, believe. I don't even know if I believe. No, I'm a believer. Or not. Believe it or not. On the Jeff Hawkins Show. For $1,000, you would... If I gave you $1,000, you would be willing to enter the barbecue sauce wrestling competition at uh, Barbecue Fest. Believe it or not. Do I have to win? No, no, you just, you have, just to have to get enter. in there, be slathered, and be pinned in one. In one. I, the, the, I covered this once, and uh, uh, the first time they had barbecue sauce wrestling down there, and... I, I did it. I wrote about it because it was new and disgusting, right? Mm -hmm. And Patrick Lantrip from the Daily Memphian has a gallery at the Daily Memphian of photos from last night's contest. I, I just, I would not do it. Yeah. First but, of all, you're stripped down to your shorts. I never like to be stripped down to my shorts, even the privacy of my own home. And then to be slathered with barbecue sauce, like just buckets and buckets of barbecue sauce with people watching as I get pinned ignominiously. No, yeah. thank you. Not for a thousand dollars. Yeah, but you have more money than I do. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're just you're just embarking yeah. No, I, on I, life. I believe that I would do that. You would do that. Yeah, it's for grant. Whatever. I I 
It's like what it's a, thirty it, a seconds. Thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, like it's, it's like, what, real 30 money. Seconds? I didn't offer you fifty bucks. I offered you a thousand dollars. Who, by the way, that's two car payments. Every on air, all every on air uh, celebrity. <laughs> I also don't have quotes. shame. Every on air personality that maybe that has to be in quotes too. From uh, ninety two nine, we have a round robin barbecue wrestling contest. Is Mark your winner, Brad? Oh, they, no, Gabe. Gabe, I mean, Gabe, like, right. Gabe, Gabe's of course, obvi- is the winner. Gabe's the winner. They, now, in fairness, you need a lot of sauce for that guy. Right, but you put Gabe on one bracket and Mark in the other, because Mark was a high school wrestler. Oh, he was a wrestler. Correct. So Mark would... Mark so those would, would be your two yes. number one seeds, easily. Yeah. Brad would be the... the, the think Brad, he's he's corn-fed boy. Don't you think Brad is a Midwestern? Don't they have wrestling in their blood? Yeah, I mean, I think... Isn't like, he the like, two seed on the like, other th- side? He can throw some, some hay... Um. Yeah, Brad's probably the two seed. I mean, it's what if it was Gabe on one side, and Gabe and Mark on one side, and everybody else on the other side, like all like like like. You I know, mean, you have to stipulate that little, everyone's little trying. Oh, because no, no, this was an effort. This is, you, this is a death match. Right. You told me it's a this thousand a bucks, and I'm match. like, I'm sitting there like, all right, no, no, no for that, for that's a, this I'll is a different. This is a different thing for the. This yeah. is for this is for the. Eh, anyway, disgusting. Okay, next one. Uh. People are basically done giving their hot takes on John Morant. Believe it or not. I actually don't believe it even if they feel done. No, they're not. Nobody's yeah. done. Nobody's no, done. And you is... can tell. Here's Charles Barkley. Yesterday, uh, we had J.J. Redick doing the uh, how can you hammer jaw mm-hmm. when guns are, are everywhere in America take, mm-hmm. which is at that point a two-day old, two old take. But uh, but whatever. Like, and By the way, a lot of these – here's the other thing. A lot of these "quote unquote" takes can be partially all true. That's the thing: is that it is a hundred percent true that Ja was an idiot and stupid and whatever else. It is also true that it's kind of jarring to see Ja get half a season for touching a gun when we are as a washing gun. Like a lot of these things can be, but but that's not how it works. And so we had Charles Barkley last night. Well, first of all, I, I got to say something, man. We got some idiots, some fools, some jackasses on television <laughs> that really just piss me off. Idiots, talking fools, about and jackasses all at Josh once. Josh should make a stand saying he didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything wrong. We're in a state where you can carry your gun. Those guys are just, they just freaking idiots. And I only say freaking because y'all won't let me say what I want to say. It we just, don't pay for it. It, it. it pisses me off when I hear guys say that, yo, man. When you're making $100 million a year to play sports, your life changes. There are certain rules and regulations you have to live by, plain and simple. You can't do stupid stuff. That's the trade-off. Now, if you want to do all that stuff and give all that money back, more power to you. You can make that stance. You know what? I want to do what I want to do. I want to flash my gun and make videos and do things. Okay, that's fine. But you can't make money on the NBA doing this stuff. I I just hope that he grows up and realizes, like, yo, man, first of all, you're not a thug. You're not a criminal. You're not a crook. You're a guy making $100 million a year to dribble a stupid... 200. 200 million to dribble a stupid basketball. And it, you hit the lottery. We all hit the lottery to do something. There's people out there work nine to five, eight and nine hours a week, gonna make $25,000 a year. They will kill to be in our situation. And, you know... Kenny's right. At some point, it's not your friends. Bill Parcells used to always say, and I love he says, yo, man, you're just an unlucky dude. Bad stuff happens around you all the time. You're just an unlucky dude. No, 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 man. You got to look in the mirror and say, yo, you know what? Maybe I'm the problem. And it's it's disappointing because the kid's a great player. But to be, like, to be a fool already, then be a bigger fool a couple months later, and this is like your fifth or sixth gun thing. And like I say, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a gun guy, but I don't understand why you're flashing it. My bodyguard teaches me, man, if you touch your gun, you better shoot somebody. It ain't for everybody to know you got. And he riding around with, I guess he think he would Anquan Fuqua and Steven Spielberg. You got your friend. Yeah, I I, I agree with almost all of that. I I, I don't think, I mean, J.D. Reddit didn't, didn't didn't say, and I think that's the fool, idiot, whatever he called him that he was talking about. But um, no, I think he was referring to like Will Kane. 
Oh, is that true? Yeah, I don't think he was talking about JJ. I think he was talking about like Will Kane. Will Kane was saying make he should make a stand that it's Second Amendment, yeah. whatever else. And because JJ wasn't saying he should make a stand, I, I think what JJ was saying is it's basically what what I've said, which is it's clearly we understand that that working for the NBA is different than being elected as a congressperson or whatever else, but it's still jarring to see this to see the the way we treat want guns on one instance and and not on the other instance. But no, Josh shouldn't make a freaking stand about it. Of course, he shouldn't make a stand about it. And all the things he said about being it. What's interesting is is that isn't it remarkable that if Jaws part of his ideal here is to be a tough guy or cool. Like, everybody's laughing at him. Well, yeah, because it's not authentic. It's, everybody's laughing at him. Like, you just look, you are look, you look like an idiot. Yeah. But we're not done with hot takes. And uh, what do you think of the whole Friday news dump idea? Well, you and I talked about it at lunch. At lunch a couple, over fried chicken. Days. I yeah. mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Tomorrow at yeah, tomorrow, whatever, five, five Eastern, whatever, four our time. It wouldn't surprise me. It's early enough in the conference finals, then you, you, you know, you get it done with, and then by the time, by the time you get to the finals, it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, Caleb Love will be a Memphis Tiger. Believe it or not. Of course, decommits from Michigan. Uh, let me ask you another one for this. Michigan really didn't admit him into the university? Is that true? Evidently, I mean, that's, appears that's, to be an admissions issue. A I presume credits. did he not ad, did he not admit him to the school or is it to graduate school? I didn't know. I like this has been a big problem, an, and 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 it is interesting. Like I, with all due respect, I don't think there'd be any problem getting Caleb Love into Memphis. No, but like this has been a big problem. Like in the end, one of David Shaw's biggest complaints at Stanford right. was can't get you. They wouldn't like admit they wouldn't play ball to get him into a graduate school. But and so that, that's that's Stanford. But this is Michigan, and I understand well, Michigan I mean, they, has they a great themselves. academic. Well, they in, think in, of themselves as Stanford. But look at the football program. Correct. You know, I mean, like come on, man. Seriously, it's, it's, no. I mean, when Mozzie Smith got arrested with a gun charge and right. they just went away, that's why yeah, I knew Michigan. Michigan's here to play. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I was stunned by that. All right, we'll go back to the first one. Caleb Love will be a Memphis Tiger. Believe it or not. I'm just going to say I don't believe it, only no. from the sense of, like... Got to take the field, of course. Yeah. You know, like the, the Memphis versus the field. Well, two things. One is, uh, Parth from the Daily Memphian had talked to uh, Caleb's father like a week after he had uh, announced that he was leaving North Carolina. And at that point, that time around, Memphis had not contacted him. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Secondly, Caleb Love, Caleb Mills, how many Calebs can you have, you know? Yeah, if you've got have two Caleb's, Caleb, do you have no Caleb's? Kind of, like both like need the ball in their hands, like two. Like, yes, if you have two Caleb's, you should have a single Caleb. Correct. I mean, obviously, if you can get Caleb Love, you, at this Caleb point, Love. you have to do it. And you take him over Caleb Mills. I would also caution people, uh, he does have a reputation as being a team killer. Oh, there's absolutely right. And he shot 37.8%. People say look out for Missouri and for Indiana. All right, uh, next one. You have bought roses at Sam's Club. Believe it or not. So my wife doesn't love just roses. Okay. I bought flowers at Sam's you have? Club. Yes. Well, I bring this up because uh, I'm more of a Costco. This, I prefer the Costco flowers to is the that Sam's. True? Yeah, but I bought. Do you think they're better? Uh, yeah, I think they're a little fresher. Do you think it's just perception? I think it's probably when did like, you? When did Costco you go? have a little bit of the Target? No, it's Target it's versus the Walmart. Target versus Walmart. No, yeah. To be clear, I. If if Sam's Club did, did the wine selection like Costco does, I don't even know if I'd go into Costco. Sam's has more more items, and I, I'm at my core, I'm a Sam's guy. Well, I bring it up. This is a little bit of a Fishman special mm. interjected into our uh, Thursday night, Thursday morning programming. Um, Walmart, <laughs> you know how Charles likes to listen to all the uh, all the financial reports. They they earnings reported calls. the re- earnings calls. They were did their earnings calls for the quarter. Walmart had an absolutely killer quarter, uh, and it's kind of interesting because Target did not. Like Target has had a really bad day yesterday. So why is Walmart killing it, and why is Target not killing it? Among the other Pricing. interesting things that Target said was, and this lets you know that crime is not just a problem in Memphis. One of the reasons they had such a bad quarter was crime. Like, they can't keep their shelves stocked because everyone steals everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just kind of crazy. Um, so um, it's not just a Memphis issue. But 
specific to the Sam's Club discussion, in the last three years, Sam's Club memberships have increased 30%, mm-hmm. which is kind of staggering. Well, it's Sam's, first off, a Sam's Club membership is cheaper than a Costco membership, uh-huh. and they have more stuff. Well, and basically, it feels like as inflation has hit, Americans have said, even relatively well-off Americans have yeah. said, this is nuts. I'm going to go to Sam's Club. Where, yeah. where can I get affordable groceries? Yeah. And so they go to Sam's Club. Can okay. I interest you in a three-pack of Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Those giant-ass boxes of... So anyway, so uh, Sam's Club memberships up 60%, in, I mean, up 30% in the last three years. But the sale of roses at Sam's Club... Up 60% in the last year. Yeah, that makes sense to me. What's the, Explain that. So, number one, um, I presume a lot, of, a lot of people that shop at Sam's Club are a lot like me. When you go to Sam's Club, you wind up thinking that you were just getting, shall we say, seven things. Right. But then you didn't know how many deals and, and steals the, were going to be there. Are right, sitting right and there. Your wife can't say anything if you come home with flowers. She can't <laughs> oh, judge you. You're and it's right on the walkout. The yes. Bought- yes. Did I really need to buy a PlayStation 5? Cheap. I don't know what no, roses cost. But I wanted it. There. I don't know what roses cost. They're usually there, like they're probably, 19 bucks. 1999. Yes, you don't feel like you're in for for too deep. Anyway, they're absolutely killing it at Sam's Club. Calvin Sampson would be a great choice to coach the Milwaukee Bucks. Believe it or not. I'm going to say I don't believe it just because, all right, we've had Brad Stevens move up. We've had Larry move up. There's not a tremendous track record of the college coach going, college coach no, there's going. No, there's not a great, we, we had, uh, Billy Donovan's done okay, right? He's done fine. He's, he's done fine. But he's clearly not as good as he was in college. Brad Stevens, clear, clear success, right? Uh, you've had people like Patino and Calipari who yep. like were better, certainly dramatically better in college, where you have more control over a yep. program and more of player acquisition. Let's yes. be honest. Um, and then you have complete disasters like Fred Hoiberg and Tim Floyd yep. and like that that group. Then you have the guys who haven't jumped, like the Jay Wrights. Everyone sure. thought Jay Wright might, or Bill Self, or Tom Izzo, for example, mm-hmm. was another one who people thought might have jumped. I, I mean, I assume he wouldn't be good just because most people fail. That is a good situation, given the players you have. Uh, he's interviewed. The reason we're bringing it up, by the way, is um, is that Kelvin Sampson has interviewed for that job. And during his time away from college basketball, he spent six years as an assistant, yep. three on the Bucks staff. At the time, John Horst, who's now the GM of the Bucks, was in the front office in Milwaukee. So they have a relationship with Kelvin Sampson. He was under Scott Skiles, I believe, was the head coach at the Time they've interviewed a lot of people, and so it feels unlikely that he'll get it. Does it also matter to you that Kelvin Sampson is sixty-seven? No, because I think what we're seeing now is an NBA job is what give right. or take three and a half years. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, right. To me, if you're my biggest concern with Kelvin is style of play, because this is a guy that uses all the shot clock. It's a highly overcoached style of basketball that does not work in the NBA. But if Milwaukee believes that they have a culture and toughness problem, well, that's a pretty he's, good solution. He's a super smart guy, yeah. too. I do think that he's adaptable. It would be interesting to think, though, that, like, how is Houston? He, okay, you get into the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, big party, right? Cincinnati, you get into the Big 12. Woohoo, big party. What's going to be like for them in there? Well, Kelvin has openly talked, you know, this isn't going to just be. We roll into the Big 12, and it's, let's start Pick counting. Pick up where we left off. Yeah, like, let's start counting um, titles. Championships. There's I mean, Kansas over there. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw it in the Big 12 last year. No one really sucked. Like, the, the entire league was decent, even though you had, like, teams with bad records. But no one really, like, sucked. So every night is, every night is a battle. And it would not surprise me at all if Kelvin was... Looking at other options. Now that it is kind of interesting. You get exactly what you wish for. Yeah. You get in. The administration and and the boosters get what they wish for. That's true. I don't know if Kelvin got what he wished. Kelvin made a Final Four from from the AAC. Uh, Speaking of this topic, Memphis is, in fact, a target of the Big 12. 
Believe it or not. We never talked about it. Ross Dellinger's yeah. story in SI, uh, you may have in the afternoon show, but Ross Dellinger's story in SI said that Memphis is the phrase that he used. It, it's not that the Big 12 is a target for Memphis. He said that Memphis is a target of the Big 12. My problem with it was it felt like it was kind of added in at the end of a paragraph. I think it's very clear to me the Big 12, if they're going to expand, their targets are the the Pac-12 schools, the corner schools. So Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. I still come back to and and, it, and to be clear, he he all what he wrote was if that doesn't pan out, other targets right. include. It wasn't Memphis is a target if though if that works out, right? Correct. And again, I hope I hope that's the case. I just think that if if they were going to take Memphis, they would have done so in the, when they took everyone else. So you're dubious. I'm. You do not believe Memphis I'm is a dubious target. about the Big Twelve. I'm still watching the ACC. I I, th- I have to say. You know how uh, Colin Cowherd. <laughs> different the man radio. of a thousand metaphors. Yes, everyone has a metaphor, right? Like different. The, the different every, every, people have their own styles on the radio. Sure, and you develop your style over time. Yeah, mine is scattered, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, so sawed off shotgun. Everyone has their their own styles. He is all about metaphors. Um, he yesterday compared Jokic, I believe, mm-hmm. to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh yeah, now Callen's now he's in the he's in the, the spice Jokic rack, baby. Jokic is the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's always good. It's always good. It's all good. always good. Underrated. It's good like, stuff. Like really should be dramatically more appreciated. Mm-hmm. Now the truth of the matter is, uh, peanut butter too- jelly sandwich has never been two time MVP of 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 your of uh, over at Gourmet, mm-hmm. right? Like so. Jokic has been celebrated. But I thought I had a Colin Coward moment when I was on with Gabe yesterday. Hit me. Because I said, being in the ACC and looking at that contract, it's a little bit like you hear on the radio. We're like, do you need to get out of your timeshare? Mm -hmm. It's like like having bought into this timeshare agreement that you are desperately trying to find a lawyer to help you get out of now. Do you have three ex-wives and, <laughs> you, and like credit how, card debt? How do we get out of this? How do we get out of this time show? No, you know what being in the ACC in. is right now? What's that? You know that? what it's like? It's a lot like being in the AAC. Nobody really wants to be here, but they're there because they don't have anywhere else to go. Well, they can't go anywhere. They're there because they're locked in. Sure. That it's different. The AAC, the, the, every, people could leave. They're just not being invited Correct. to leave. Here, they but it's, would it is love the, to leave. Who did this? Who was the commissioner who did this? So, uh, Swafford. Oh my God! Well, okay, but this is where this is what they this is what they so always 30, convenient. Thirty six. Thirty six. I think thirty six. I think it's twenty thirty six. Now everyone loses context because it's not rule number one. Like tell your story. When Clemson and Florida State started uh, griping about the the money, yeah, they all conveniently leave out. They went to ESPN after they lost Maryland. So it was the last round of realignment, right. and they lost Maryland, and they said, "By God, we, we got to do something. We got to do something. We got to make the bleeding. A, we got to make a statement. Clad. Everyone is in this together. We're locking arms. ACC or bust." And ESPN said, "Okay, here's the deal," and they all signed it because they were. But it was Clemson and Florida State. Clemson and Florida State have been the ones that have been making a lot. Driving it. Well, it was really like North Carolina. Uh, was a big one, but when they lost a charter member, Maryland was a charter member of right. the ACC, and they were in panic because that was like, all right, well, they just took, you know, the SEC just took Texas A and M. Like we've got to, we've got to make sure that we make a statement, and they were all in agreement. <sighs> oh no, they very clearly signed this thing with why you know, there was not a gun to their head. There was not a hundred percent. They knew what they were doing. They did it, and now they want to. They want to. They want to unmake the bed that they made for themselves. 100% true. Bingo. Um, well, and, and, like, they just did not foresee that the – in 2014, the price of live sports was not what it would be even, like, five years later. 
Uh, Boston Celtics are going to do what they do and come back and win this damn series. Believe it or not. Last night, of course, uh, Boston loses to Miami 123-116. to Boston, uh, of course, dropped game one uh, at home to the Sixers, has now dropped game one at home to the Heat. Uh, at home, in the playoffs over the last two years, the Boston Celtics, on the famed parquet floor. Oh, yeah. Nine and nine. Yeah. I'm I want to say I believe this. I think the longer the series goes, Boston does have the advantage because they have more talent. I'm also willing to I'm not intellectually arrogant enough to believe that I'm incapable of being wrong. What if we're just wrong about the heat? I, I've not, I've I've never really had an opinion about the heat. I've just so I've I can't the, be wrong about the it. The entire playoffs, like I even though I know what they it. did against the box, it's like well, Giannis missed half the series, and the Bucks are just kind of like they, they popped him early. I never believed in the Knicks, so I didn't really know how impressive that was. Like, it's possible we're just like well, I was dead wrong. What's interesting was last night it felt like we saw we saw we saw what the Heat have become. Yes. And we also saw like Boston. Like they yes. just times they just don't freaking show up. Like Correct. I think Boston uh, it's I, also. I, I guess Denver's probably the favorites to win the title now, but I, it feels I have, like Boston should win the title. But then they just have third quarters where I mean, last night um, they're up at the half and they get outscored in the third quarter, forty-six to twenty-five. They had in the first half, they were up forty to sixteen points in the paint. They were up eleven to two second chance points. 46-25 then in the third quarter, and you got Jason, Tate, Jason Tatum, who just lit it up in game seven, and honestly in the fourth quarter before that, he did not take a shot in the fourth last night. He had those three turnovers down the stretch, including those two. Dribbling travel. was very difficult was, for Boston. Dribbling was a challenge for Boston. The parquet floor, it's hard to dribble. Yeah, that's a good parquet. point. Like, it's very confusing, hard. yeah, um, disorienting. But it sort of was like we saw the – we saw the the weird mystery of the Celtics last night, and we saw this, you know, with the Jimmy Dan Butler with that three pointer, crazy. It Great is also by Kevin Harlan. It is also somewhat understandable. the The Celtics play Game Seven on Sunday. Miami's had more rest, but I mean, this is the biggest coaching mismatch in the entire playoffs because I believe Eric Spolstra is the actual best coach in the league, and. Missoula, like, I'm sure he's a, a lovely man. Like, he shouldn't even be I'm the not, head coach. I'm not sure he's a lovely man. How would I know if he's a lovely man or not That's a lovely I said, man? I, he did I, not call a timeout in the third quarter. No. While, that, was, that was the other thing. During As that run were, that you mentioned, zero timeouts. Zero timeouts. But you have to look at it this way. Ime Odoka gets fired. He, Muzula wouldn't even have been the head coach had, this, had they moved on. Had they fired Udoka in May, the guy that's at Utah would be the head coach. Like, it's been a problem the entire playoffs. Like, they're just getting outmatched. It honestly was a good thing for that series because, like... Oh, now... Oh, what, yeah. What the fear was... I mean, I saw Hollinger tweet this, that, hey, they've had great playoffs so far, but these both feel like five-game series. Sure. Right? And so what did we have? We had a great game one between the Nuggets and Lakers sets up all kind of intrigue mm-hmm. tonight matchups we're deep into all of that now and then secondly you needed for the purposes of suspense storytelling drama everything else you needed the heat to win last night yeah you needed to believe that it's they possible. can do this now, yeah. we got, now we got two series correct and, yeah uh speaking of believe you can win um Scotty Scheffler is going to win the PGA championship Believe it or not. I do not believe this, obviously, because it's one because player versus one, one player. I just threw out a player. But who, who, yeah, uh-huh. Also, I do have a reason. Are they playing yet, by the way? Frost frost warning this morning frost, in Rochester. Frost warning Rochester's this morning. Rochester's an hour from Buffalo, from my beloved Correct. hometown. Buffalo, Lot, Josh Allen was on. Josh Allen has been out there. They're uh, playing at Oak Hill, where Correct. Sean McKeel won 20 years ago. Sean did the, the first the first tee shot this yeah, morning. One of the highlights. I flew up for the fourth round, for the final round of that, and walked with Stephanie as he won. What was his approach shot on? 18. 18. The, the, just, the shot? The shot. The seven, just, the seven iron. Just. Yeah. Damn and I was standing it. right next to It was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, what, and that was a great story. But honestly, the most fun I had was the next year. 
So the next year you go back and you're the defending champion. Correct. That's a big deal. You return as the defending champion. Well, Kiss was playing at the oh, yeah. pyramid that night, like the two nights before, the, the, like on Tuesday. I don't know, Tuesday night, right? Yeah. Of, of that of the of that week. And Sean McKeel is a diehard Kiss fan, giant yes. Kiss fan. And so he was nice enough to say I could go with him. I went to with him to the Kiss concert and hung with him. To how do you celebrate? Being defending championship of the PGA, you go to a Kiss concert. You bring and, you uh, bring your favorite band. I want to rock and roll all night, baby. It was uh, that was great fun. And um, anyway, so you hit the first shot this morning. What's Striped ha- what's- it down the middle. Oh, good for Sean. Stripe- what is happening there at the PGA? So we are just maybe an hour and a half into an hour and a half into uh, play. Kazuki Higa. I know everyone's mm. on the top of everyone's mind. He is the leader through six holes. He's four under. Hot, hot start. Ryan Fox trails at two under. Other Tennessean Scott Stallings at two under. Sean McKeel still even par through six holes, tied for 11. Are we going to hear as much about Liv? Or was that just like a master's narrative? Uh, I mean, I think it depends on if, you know, if live players get to the top of the leaderboard, right. I mean, I think it becomes a. I don't. I don't think it becomes. Well, a I story. mean, last at the Masters, we had Mickelson doing yeah, what he did. Exactly. And, you know, Brooks doing what he did. Yeah. And um, anyway, do you have a favorite? I, sneaky, I, sneaky. I mean, did, to did me, you place like, any wagers on this? I'm, I'm in a pool, but I didn't. I, I haven't bet it every day. I'm now just at the point with John Rahm that, like, right. un- until otherwise, like, I'm just gonna pick him, but not over the field. No. That's silly. Yes. That's only that's Tiger stuff back Correct. in the day. Um, all right. We're gonna take a break. We got Dan Devine coming up next, then Chris Harrington, uh, and then writer than write trivia. We are giving away two tickets to see Dave Matthews. Dave, bro. At the Bank Plus Amphitheater Bank Plus next Amphitheater Wednesday. Next Wednesday. We'll do that. Uh, when we return, Jeff Calkin Show 929 FM Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Crick with BetQL. The new MLB schedule has every team playing every other team, and that's making for some interesting betting. For example, what do we make of the fact that the L.A. Dodgers are 11-1 in their last 12 against the Minnesota Twins? This might seem like a great trend until you realize that streak goes back to 2014, and there are current major leaguers who weren't even in high school back then. Here's the bottom line. Be careful when trying to find trends for interleague games because there's just not enough data. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get at Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. 
Hey, Mary, is that a new phone? Yeah, just upgraded at T-Mobile. Their new Go 5G Plus plan gives me the same great phone deals as new customers. I am so jealous. AT&T's got me locked into a three-year device contract, and my phone is locked to their network, too. Ooh, that's a long time. Three years! That's like the length of two and a half relationships. It's time to ditch AT&T. Bring your locked phone, and T-Mobile will pay it off, and they'll give you a new 5G phone for free. Boom! You hear that, AT&T? That won't Introducing the Easy Unlock. Bring your AT&T locked phone, trade it in, and T-Mobile will pay it off up to $650 and give you one of the latest 5G smartphones free. Plus, next time, you're ready for an upgrade a whole year earlier. Free your phone now at T-Mobile. Pay off via virtual prepaid MasterCard in 15 days. Free phone via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified, plus tax and device connection charge. Contact us before canceling to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement is due. See T-Mobile.com. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Medi Sadegi. Of course we do. We have been for years. Visiting the Smile Center makes going to the dentist actually a pleasure. Teeth well taken care of for, and it is a delight to go see him. He and his clinical staff have all been vaccinated. You can go see him for yourself. Just call 309-1333, 309-133, located 1941 South Germantown Road in Germantown near Saddle Creek. Visit SmileCenterMemphis.com. Consumer investigator Andy Wise here. I've covered my share of disasters, and I can tell you the people of Service Master by Cornerstone are the experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. They use all modern methods to repair the damage, be it a home gutted by fire or a five-story commercial building racked by storm damage. With a laser focus on getting your home or commercial building back to normal. Service Master by Cornerstone has the respect of risk insurance adjusters and emergency contractors. It will save your business or home. Make the wise choice for disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. So you're looking to unwind after a long day or celebrate with friends. You want music, but you also want something else. Bourbon at Blue Note Bourbon. We believe music and bourbon have something in common. They can lift your spirits, soothe your soul, and take you to another place in time. So here's the great music, good times, and great bourbon. Pick up a bottle today and let Blue Note Bourbon be the soundtrack to your night. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets if your parlay with four legs or more loses by just one leg. Only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only, new and existing customer offer. All permissions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Guys, fellas, men, do you want a better sex life? Roman has genuine medication that helps you achieve and maintain what you need to perform. Roman has discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed. Roman has testosterone testing and treatment. Treating low testosterone can help revive your sex drive. So, men, what are you waiting for? For a better sex life, go to ro.co slash better sex. Do it today and get 20% off. That's ro.co slash better sex. It's heating up outside and in the world of golf. It's PGA Championship Week. Don't forget to watch Justin Thomas try to defend his title this week. This What to Watch moment is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show. Live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Park Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, back on the Jeff Conkin Show, joined now by Dan Devine, senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports. The podcast is no caprum. Listen to it where you get your podcast. Read them at Yahoo. Follow them on Twitter at your man Devine. Dan joins me now. Dan, one of the things we're – I'm really grateful that you're on today because we haven't had anyone express an opinion about John Morant, and we wondered if you had one. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure those are in short supply these days. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, what do you do? You have an opinion on John Morant? Uh, I mean, I hope he stops playing with guns, and I hope everybody who plays with guns stops playing with guns, whether they are politicians making photo ops or people who hunt or people who hunt people or whatever. Uh, I, the, 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 that's the part that I find sort of enervating and exhausting. I, I, under, I, I understand the back-and-forth take economy of uh, trying to parse out why this particular thing seems to be so troubling. I think there's an awful lot there. It's a, a rich and meaty vein for people to, to sort of self-reflect uh, and, and to, to think about. And I think in the practical purpose of, or the practical matter of this individual person and the team that he plays for and the league that he plays in, a lot of the discussion of what about doesn't really bear much relevance to this particular situation because, you know, Adam Silver can't suspend Greg Abbott. Um, so I don't know. That, that would be fun, though. That would, would be. be that would I mean, be, listen. That would be tremendous. I'd lo- yes. I'd love to cover that press conference yes, and see where the exactly hell that goes. That. But yeah. uh, but yeah, the 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 main opinion I have is you know as ever no, no violence on the dance floor, and I hope everybody gets the help that they need and starts doing things that are in their own best interest and the best interest of those around them. Do you the only the the. The, the the place where it seems to me that the the big moral discussion about guns and whatever did, did you whatever has any relevance here is in the end we can all agree he did something stupid reckless whatever else but he didn't do anything illegal and if you right. look at the just purely from the micro question of NBA suspensions the longest suspensions tend to be things that are either convictions or where there's a schedule of discipline under the NBA substance abuse policy. Or like that. And so it does strike me that one of the things that might be going on here now is some back and forth with the union of what's what is both a serious punishment, but something that the union isn't going to push back on because because, you know, just because Adam Silver's disappointed or this like I, there is a tension there, don't you think? Well, the, and I think the union may may play a role here in in what's acceptable or what will be ultimately handed down. That's a really good point. You can't allow for the, from a, a you know labor perspective, you can't allow for the establishment of a precedent of kind of carte blanche, broad latitude for, un, you know, unspecified punishments because of you know whatever soft uh, soft aspects of people's feelings are in a particular moment of peak, uh, you know, are, are kind of leading the dance. Like, yeah, you're, you know, you note the substance abuse policy, you note the domestic violence policy. Though there are policies for a reason, so that there are guidelines to be followed, so that it's not just in a, you know, at a particular moment of frustration or, you know, for whatever reason, you say, well, now you're suspended for a whole year. Well, there, there needs to be some level of adjudication as to what that is, and that's part of what's collectively bargained. So this is a different. This is not part of that process, and uh, the, the the legality of of you know possessing a gun in a particular place that varies. It's not it's something that's in the league's bylaws, so that yeah, it it, it creates a murkier area. Um, there's the, that broad, and I know that multiple reporters have brought it up that like you know conduct detrimental to the league gives the gives the commissioner sort of broad latitude to act in a variety of different ways, but. Whether or not that should be, and you know, there you can say this is a situation where you could understand a stiffer penalty as a result of that, but it does, you know, kind of make you grind your teeth a little bit to say, well, should this be the idea that this would be more than Miles Bridges' uh, domestic violence suspension? Kind of makes your the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up. So yeah, yeah, there's there's not easy, clean answers for any of it, but I think you're right to, to note, like. You, this is for, from a, a union perspective and from a broader NBA p- player population perspective. It's the kind of thing where you can say, "Well, yeah, something needs to happen here." We understand why something needs to happen here, but you can't allow the foothold of. And so, as a result of this precedent, now anything right. can kind of happen to anyone at any given time. All right, let's move on. Uh, so, um, you have before we get to the well, let's start with the games. You, you wrote a piece. Um, asking if Jason if Jason Tatum can rise to the level of Jimmy Butler. And what I really particularly liked is the tweet, um, Jimmy Butler is a warlord. Uh, do, you stick by, do you stick by that description of Jimmy Butler? I loved it. Jimmy Butler is a warlord. I mean, yeah, the thing that I, I've kind of been thinking about this, I'm just like, what, what competitive arena 
could you put Jimmy Butler in throughout the course of human history that he wouldn't <laughs> succeed in? Like, you know, if it's the Roman Coliseum, if it's, yes. you know, like wh- wherever he would be, like you would, you know, if, if it's, uh, you know, the Greensboro Coliseum in 1980, he's taken Ric Flair the full 60 minutes, like wherever you put Jimmy Butler, uh, <laughs> it kind of feel like he'd, he'd succeed. And as long as it's a competitive endeavor, um, the funniest thing about that though is, so I, the thing that I tweeted out last night after the game was that this exact thing happened one year ago today. The reason I tweeted out a link from the ringer, is because I wrote it a year ago. It was game really? one of the Eastern conference finals last year. Boston goes up at, in the first half, the heat do a big, uh, make come up with a big run in the, the, uh, in the third quarter, Jimmy outplays Tatum in the in the fourth quarter. It's the exact same game, one year apart. Unbelievable. To the day. <laughs> the only difference is that that one happened in Miami and this one happened in Boston, and it's just it's it complete it sets the table. You know, it's ridiculous the degree to which it sets the table for the same conversations about the way that Boston's, uh, you know, offense uh, is a quagmire in crunch time, the way that Jimmy sort of just seems built for this in a way that so few people are, the way that everything gets sort of settled down with him when he's got the ball in his hands and Boston continues to be searching for answers. The difference now is that this, it's uh, Joe, Joe Mazzulla instead of Ime Udoka fielding the questions about why you didn't stop the third quarter run and uh, how you can get better shots late in the game and why. It wasn't Tatum getting touches, but all the same stuff from one year ago happened, uh, and it's just it's a it's a testament to what this Heat team has become again. Uh, you know they were they were not good for six months. <laughs> they were they were a four, they were a forty four win team that got outscored over the course of the full season by twenty six points. They had a negative point differential for six months. They go and they, they, they lose their first play in game. <laughs> they are down double digits in the other play in game to the Bulls who stunk. <laughs> this is a month ago. And now they are up. They've stolen home court advantage for the third straight series, and they're up on the Celtics with their three wins away from the finals again. It's it's unbelievable, and it goes back to when I, if you have, there's a million uh, you know things to factor into it. But the number one thing I keep coming back to is Jimmy Butler is a warlord, and I don't know. <laughs> it, it's as clean as it's as clean an explanation as I've got. Um, right now, who would you pick to win the series? I think I would pick Miami, and I can't believe that's true. But I, they now have home court advantage. They and I, I do believe. Like I've seen Jason Tatum do have remarkable games in chips are down back against the wall moments. He did it against Milwaukee in the second round last year on the road. He did it against Philly, uh, you know, go with the, the 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 late game comeback in Game Six, and then his you know incredible Game Seven. I, it's not. This is not a statement of I don't believe in Jason Tatum. I just don't know how at this point you can believe more in anybody than you believe in Jimmy Butler, given how he's playing and how he has played throughout. It's different ways every time. It's but it, it, the, the level of control he, he is exerting over the game on both ends of the floor, no matter sort of what is required in a given moment, it's. You know, you double team him to, to force the ball out of his hands. He is making perfect decisions every game. You, uh, you know, you you let him play one on one, and he is destroying isolate. You know, whoever he wants to draw up, he's picking you up, picking that, that person apart, and getting to mid range jumpers. The teams are okay giving up, except he keeps making them. He's suddenly a like forty percent three point shooter, which is like all oh, the only thing he wasn't good at in the regular season. He suddenly becomes good at in the playoffs. And he can get his own shot whenever he wants, and he never turns the ball over. And, oh, by the way, he can lock down your best offensive player and then play free safety and pick off things in the passing lanes, too. Like, there's not a thing he can't do, and he's doing it all every single night. So at this point, you know, you get down to sort of the the basic analysis of, you know, who's got the best player in the series or, you know, who do you, who do you trust most with the ball in their hands late, all that kind of stuff. The answer on all of those keeps coming up Jimmy at this point, and so – it, Boston could come back and win by 25 uh, in, you know, tomorrow night, and that could, you know, it, 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 we could wind up wiping the taste away. But right now, I, I, I look at it and say, I believe in that guy more than I believe in anybody in green. It feels like we got what we needed in the first games of both of uh, both series. Like we sort of needed Miami to win to to ratchet up the the level of intrigue, and we absolutely had a fantastic game one, in, in which Denver wins. But with the Rui Chamora adjustment and all of that, 
there's all kinds of intrigue headed into game two. Michael Malone addressed it yesterday. He said, listen, this is not the first time someone has tried to play us in a sort of a different way, Like, and that is surely true. What do you make of all of that as we await tonight's game? I, do, I love that it's, Michael Malone in particular, is, is, it's wonderful that he's – at this, you know, on this platform now, because people are sort of just seeing the crustiness and irascibility of it. Like the guy who his <laughs> team was, his team was the number one seed all year. He's got the, you know, if not the best player on the planet, one of the top two or three. They, uh, you know, light up the, the the Lakers like a Christmas tree. They dismantle the Suns. They, you know, whatever else. And he's still big, uh, finding ways to come up with the like nobody believes in us. And I guess to some degree, like people don't really believe in him, right? And you know, I understand it, but. Yeah, that that point is it's valid. Like the thing, I mean, the, the the quieter part though. So he's like, yeah, it's not like we haven't seen put a smaller guy on Jokic with the with your bigger defender behind him and and you know let it let it rock. I mean, the 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 Wolves tried it in round one uh, earlier in the season, and I think a little bit in in round one. Kyle Anderson on him with Gobert behind. Uh, the Sixers did it during the regular season. P.J. Tucker on him with Embiid behind. The quieter part, though, is it, it usually works pretty well. Um, it, <laughs> and, it worked, it, uh-huh. and it worked pretty well in game one. Now, the, the counter to that, though, is you showed what might have been, what maybe would have been best reserved as like a in the second half of a game five kind of adjustment or game, whatever, like that kind of thing, you had to burn it in game one. And now if you like Jokic is the level of processor and uh, connector and thinker and Malone and that staff are, are so good offensively with the way that they space and the, and the sort of the solutions they come up with that you give them a diet of that. You give them a couple of days to digest it and look at it and break it down. Yeah, they're going to have responses to it as opposed to it's a little bit harder to adjust to maybe in the, in the moments when the bullets are flying. But on the, the flip side of that is they also started to adjust to it down the stretch of game, uh, you know, of game one. And there were a couple of plays where Jokic gets, you know, backs Hachimura under the basket. AD's leaning over from the dunker spot. If, you know, if the wraparound passes a center meter closer to Aaron Gordon, it's a dunk. Like, there were a few, a few plays like that. There were some flare screens that got out to shooters where they were able to play out of it, get a, an open three on the back end of it. Now, if you're a Lakers fan or a Lakers observer, you say, that, I mean, yeah, okay, if the, if, the, if the pass is a centimeter closer, Gordon dunks it. If the shooter makes the shot, then it's a good possession. But the point, the point is you're not letting Jokic continue to dominate the possession, and you're getting the ball out of his hands and forcing somebody else to make plays, which is kind of the whole point. It's what you want to have happen. You want, if you're going to lose, you need to lose with, like, KCP or Christian Brown or Bruce Brown or Aaron Gordon lighting you up. You, need, you can't lose to 40, 25, and 10 from the MVP, right? So... Whether that is that can things continue to swing that way remains to be seen. I suspect that Denver will be much more prepared for that kind of look, and it'll be interesting to see. Darvin Ham has been really good throughout his first postseason as a head coach at finding multiple adjustments. You know, like over the course of a series. You know, last round it was they, they, uh, the Warriors pull AD out of the paint with the pick and roll. Okay, well, let's switch the matchups. Let's figure out how we adjust to get back to what we want. He's been really good at kind of steering the ship back toward the way he wants to go. I'm interested to see what he has in reserve as like the counter to the counter when Denver shows what it's been working on to respond to the Rui Hachimura thing. Talking to Dan Devine. Uh, if you like listening to Dan, listen to the podcast, No Cap Room, uh, and follow him, of course, on Twitter and read him. Um, at Yahoo, you've got a piece up where you've ranked the uh, openings in the NBA, and and we can talk more about it next week because we're running short of time here. But number one is the books, Bucks, and that does not that that that's not surprising. They've got Giannis, and uh, obviously potential to win a championship. And yet, as I read the piece, like they have a lot of for the best job, and it is a great job. They have a lot of questions um, themselves, don't they? Well, yeah, that was one of the things. So my editor asked, you know, what, what, you know, asked me to do that kind of as a, a uh, an addition to the the playoff coverage. And the thing that I found out as I was doing it, I was like, oh man, there's big problems all over the place in these. Like <laughs> even the really good thing, like in a vacuum, you say, well, you got the best player in the world. That's a great place to start. It's like, yeah, but all the rest of the guys around them are about their contracts are coming up and they're getting old and the new CBA is coming with the second apron where if you are you know, ever more than $18 million over the luxury tax line, suddenly you can't use the mid-level exception and you can't send out cash and trades and all the, like, there's all these sorts of rules that make it harder for you to, team, to, to build the team on the margins if you're paying all this money into the luxury tax. And so 
And then also, like, the ownership situation just changed there, and the gov- there's a new governor at the, that's sort of the head of the table, so what does that all wind up meaning? There's a lot of uncertainty around it. So, and very similar set of circumstances in, uh, in Philadelphia, where, you know, you say, oh, well, we, you walk into a job with the MVP. Great. Right. Like, yeah, but then there's all the other stuff around it, and Phoenix as well. Like, there's, there, the thing is, that you look at all of them, and you're like, man, that would be a really cool car to, to, to have to drive around. And it's like, yeah, but so, like, there's a this little thing about the engine. You kind of want to, like, uh, you know, you've got to be really careful with it. It's a little temperamental when you get it out on the highway. Like, you kind of really need to see the car facts on all of these jobs, because if they were that good then the other guys would still be coaching there. So there's a lot – as soon as it comes on the market, you're like, well, that's attractive. But then you've got to, like, uh, look under the hood a little bit and see maybe why we got to this place. Well, what struck me, honestly, was reading it, and for, this is from the Misery Loves Company department, is <laughs> we had a damn good-looking sports car here in town and took it on the road, and, you know, just when we got it up to speed, um, we had a, it's kind of nice to look around and see all the challenges and problems at other places, and you figure out, all we got to do is to get them put down the gun and, uh, and, and or, or turn off the Instagram Live and uh, we can get the car back on the road. It's Dan Devine. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah. Your man, Devine.